This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello everyone and welcome back to a Clean Skate Podcast. This is a Dallas Stars podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And welcome back everyone. Um, If you are returning listeners, then I am excited that hockey is starting again and we get to start, you know, the episodes for the podcast back up again. That is super exciting. And if you are a new listener, welcome to a clean skate. You guys missed, uh, we we had a bit of, you know, I obviously had a podcast for the regular season here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And so now I am excited to get back into it. I took a little bit of a break. You know, there was some dead zone going on, especially with COVID shut down. And we were running content, you know, pretty deep into COVID. But then uh, a bunch of us decided to take a bit of a month off. There have been some people that have been still putting out some awesome, awesome content throughout this whole thing. And I applaud those guys that have been still putting out content because, man, that that would definitely be a grind. But I, I am excited to be back. Um, I hope everyone has been staying safe and healthy and you're wearing your face masks and you're washing your hands when you go outside because uh, things are crazy right now. But in good news, hockey's coming back. Um, little, little, I guess, uh, quick what I did, you know, over my break, uh, which is a whole lot of nothing. Most of the country has been shut down due to COVID, um, not to mention the stuff that's not shut down I don't really want to go to considering the numbers right now so I did nothing but you know what I say that uh, with with a lot with a lot of excitement because sometimes just doing nothing uh, it's been a lot of fun to just relax and you know not uh, not stress so much about how crazy things are right now but we are back to producing content once a week so be sure to look for that new episodes will drop on Mondays like usual uh so be sure to check those out and you know everyone from the hockey podcast network is coming back so if you're fans of other teams go find your team on the hockey podcast network and check it out i highly highly recommend you guys do that because there is a ton of stuff and like i said we've been putting out content forever so we got a ton of backlog for episodes if you guys are interested in hearing and catching up to the season so far seeing how we got to this point in you know the whole covid thing and the nhl's return to play we've got a ton of stuff i've got over 60 episodes with the Hockey Podcast Network, so go listen to those because those are a lot of fun as well. But I think it is time that we should go and move on to the big stuff to talk about. And since I haven't done content in a month, you know, there is, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm sure since we are this close to the NHL's return to play and and the, the path to the NHL return to play is a lot more clear now, 
and I'm sure that most of you by now are quite well versed in the plan that the NHL has set forward. But, you know, I haven't done this for a month, so we got to talk about it. And just to get everyone else up to date, because for some people this is their only source of hockey news, which is, which is kind of crazy right now. But you know what? If you're starved for content, this is some good stuff. So, as you know, the NHL has split. They've taken the top 12 teams from the East and West Conferences. What's going to happen is in the top four teams are going to be playing an inter-tournament squad, so meaning the people that finish one through four in the East and West will play games against each other, just East and West centric, and that will determine the seeding for first through fourth going into the playoffs. Then the bottom eight teams will then be battling out in four best of five series. Uh, to the death to make it into the playoffs so that gives you know some of the teams that were just on that bubble or maybe on the outside looking in I'm looking at you Arizona and I'm looking at you Rangers and it's interesting because uh, if you go back and listen to one of the interviews I did with some of the guys from the Rangers and the Coyotes you know they weren't expecting to be in you know even the possibility to to be in a playoff race so I think they you know are really excited because at this point if you look at it everyone has a chance in and I think that's what makes this so intriguing is that there is always that possibility for a Cinderella run from a small team to just go and and make some waves because in reality they only need three wins and then they're in the playoffs and then everyone knows anything can happen in the playoffs so I'm super excited the top four teams out of the west your Dallas Stars the Vegas Golden Knights the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche and then the top four out of the east you've got the Boston Bruins the Philadelphia Flyers the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning the NHL also announced last week that they've decided that the two hub cities where they will be played we have one west hub city and one east hub city will both be Canadian teams and they will be hosted by the Edmonton Oilers in the west and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the east so you have for the west coast teams they're going to be playing in a beautiful new facility at rogers place up in edmonton alberta and the people in the east will be playing over at the toronto maple leafs air canada center no no actually it has been changed recently the people in the east will be playing over at the scotia bank arena up in toronto so that is very cool that either way the cup will be coming back across the border so uh, that that will be neat to see for at least the Canadian fans, and I think that especially if you look at just the way the COVID numbers are and stuff like that. And I, I don't really want to go into that that whole side of it or not, but just the way the COVID numbers in the United States have been so far, I think it is absolutely the right choice to have it up in Canada where it's significantly lower and the players will definitely be locked in in their own self-contained little area. I'm really excited to see them all try and play without the fans in the arena, what that will do for players that will, you know, some people will will fold because they need that little bit of intensity, that, that atmosphere the players brings, that, that intensity is what gets them into the game. And then there will be other players that blossom in this quieter setting where there's they, they don't hear the roar of the fans. There's maybe less pressure in their own head, if that makes any sense. So it's been very interesting watching, even if you watch other sports like the Premier League that's going on right now, they're playing with with no fans in the stands right now. And you can definitely tell that there are people that 
that are that are really finding their touch and people that are losing it because of that. You see people walking into technically away stadiums and banging free kicks over walls like they're nothing. And that wouldn't normally happen. That roar of the crowd, they're putting some of those balls wide. So I'm definitely excited to see how it affects some of the players in the NHL and, and who rises to this, this new style of play. But back to the hockey side of things. For the bottom eight teams that are playing in the best of five series in the West, you have the Oilers versus the Blackhawks. You have a all-Canadian matchup between the Flames and the Jets. You have a Minnesota Wild versus a Vancouver Canucks team and a Arizona Coyotes versus the Nashville Predators. Then over on the East, you have the Montreal Canadiens versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, the New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers versus the New York Islanders, and the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. So obviously, like I said, the top four teams here are going to be playing some inter-squad tournaments. So we're going to get to see the Stars play the Blues, the Knights, and the Avs at least once to get a little bit of seeding going. So I'm interested. And we've seen how the Stars have played against these teams before. And I think that'll be really good. It'll give the Stars a little bit of of things to get their legs under them. And maybe, if they're lucky, they're able to finish higher than, you know, than they might have. If we're able to win a couple, like, sneak a couple wins out, like, versus, you know, the Avs or the Golden Knights, and and we finish now with second seeding instead of we probably would have gotten in, in a regular, regular season, like a third that, that looked like we were going to sort of cling to up until the beginning of the playoffs this season, then all of a sudden you maybe get an easier matchup round one, and you're looking for, you know, a quick jump into round two, which really, really could work in the Stars' favor. And I think it's just nice that they're going to be able to give all of these, you know, top teams a top competition to play against and get their their sort of stride into it before we actually start the playoffs as well. But that does not mean that the Stars can take this little this tournament lightly at all, at all, because you definitely don't want to finish lower in the seeding than you would have got a, gotten. And I think if the Stars finish fourth, that definitely isn't the best look. But again, I mean, we're finishing t- top four no matter what in here with seeding. So I- I'm not too worried about it, to be sure. However, I am really excited about these best of five series because now all of a sudden it is you know it's the first person to three wins and that could mean a really really quick series you could see teams absolutely just mop the floor with their opposition they win the three quick ones and then they are into the playoffs and they get they get a little bit of rest for that round one they get a little bit more time to tweak things before getting into that next round and then they are just going to be able to just jump into that first round of that playoffs and go. Looking at the Eastern games, um, you've got the Montreal Canadiens versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to talk about all these matchups and just some interesting things that I might be looking forward to. Now, this is one of uh, my favorite matchups, at least one of the ones coming out of the East, that is. Um, you've got a interesting Penguin squad that were having a, a pretty decent season, um, but now all of a sudden people get to come back completely healthy. Everyone's coming at 100% strength. Carey Price has a little bit of time to rest as well, coming from Montreal. And I think Carey Price in a compact season or a compact series like this is going to be really dangerous. On the flip side of that, all of a sudden you've got a Pittsburgh Penguin team that you know didn't really do very well. I mean, they got swept by the Islanders. 
in the first round of the playoffs last season. So they, they're going to be coming at this. They know what they're doing, especially in a short series like this. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, this is like their bread and butter right here. Like these, this is this is what they do all the time is this sort of stuff in the, in the postseason. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens there. The New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes is a very interesting matching. This is two very young teams. They've got they've got really young players. They've got a bunch of up and coming European stars. Also, you've got Tevo Teravide and Andrei Svechnikov from the Carolina Hurricanes that are going to be really interesting to watch. And you're going to get to see you know Svechnikov in his first little. I mean, I know he was in the playoffs a little bit last season, but he's gotten a bigger role. He he's been outstanding. I mean, he pulled off the Michigan goal twice in the regular season. So it's going to be really interesting to see him in the playoffs. And then. You're playing a New York team that's got, you know, a heart finalist here with Artemi Panarin. Mika Zabinijad absolutely blew up when he was healthy during the season. And they've got, you know, it's an interesting, you, you got to also get to watch their young kids. Like, do they start Lundquist? Who do they ride in in this, uh, this first one? So it's interesting to see. And the nice thing about this five-game series as well is, it's not the playoffs, so teams also get a little bit of chances. Like, let's say you go in, your starter wins the first game, and then loses the second game. Well, do you start the same guy? But maybe if, if you have a situation where you're still looking for who exactly your starter is, like New York has, you throw in your next guy for game three and see how he does as well. You get to test out your goalies a little bit, and then you get to ride the hot goalie into the playoffs. It gets goalies a little bit of an extra runway to, to get up to speed, like, you know, a regular season would. Continuing with these Eastern teams, you've got the Florida Panthers versus the New York Islanders. This is when 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 you when you say those teams two together, it, it makes me think of the John Tavares wraparound goal on Luongo to clinch that first round victory for the Islanders a few years ago. This is obviously very different teams now. Um, you've got Bobrovsky for the Panthers who were having a, a, a an okay season. Again, the Panthers are one of those teams that they were a bubble team. It wasn't looking like, you know, are they going to get in or not? It wasn't looking great for them. But now they have another opportunity, and they get to do it against a really, really strong and surprisingly steady and deep Islander squad that played, I think, really outpaced everyone's expectations this regular season. And then finally, you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, this is interesting. I mean, listen, it's Toronto. Everyone knows about Toronto. People don't shut up about Toronto. But you know what? Now we get to see in a playoff-style format again. I mean, and they're not playing Boston this time, which is I'm sure they're grateful for. So you get to see Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, that that amazing, amazing, high-flying fireworks offense of the Toronto Maple Leafs go up against a John Tortorella-coached Columbus Blue Jackets that were playing good hockey through the season, and not to mention they could potentially be looking at, you know, trying to build off what they did to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the last postseason. So I don't think if the Leafs don't take this seriously, then this could be a really, really dangerous series for them. And to be honest, I would just love to watch the press conferences. Either way, Honestly, either way, if the Jackets lose, the press conferences by Tortorella are going to be amazing. And if the Leafs lose, the meltdown of the Twitter world and Leafs fandom will also be amazing. So... To be honest, it's a, this is going to be a super fun series, and I'm also super excited for that series. I think my favorite series coming out of the East, I, I know I was 
really excited about watching Carey Price and Sidney Crosby in, in a compact series. But I think just from the overall, you know, um, potential for it and like the absolute the potential for meltdown and just the chaos it could cause, I think my favorite series, at least for this uh, play in out of the East is going to be the Leafs versus the Jackets. But now if we are looking at the West, we've got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. You have a Chicago team that was really, really struggling. These the Chicago is a team that I look at, and I don't think that they were going to make the playoffs in this regular season. They were not good enough. They had just traded Leonard to the Golden Knights. Corey Crawford is not going to be playing right now. He's been a little bit banged up, and, and I don't know if he's opted out, but he, I haven't seen him at some of the Hawks camp stuff, so that could also be a huge thing. They're, they don't have great goaltending, but on the flip side of that, they have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. This is, again, their bread and butter. These guys are lethal in small doses like this. In a series like this, when it is you need three game, you need just to win three games and you're in, Patty Kane and Jonathan Tays have been there, they've done that, and that's really dangerous. On the flip side, you've got an Edmonton Oilers team that was, I think they were outpacing some expectations through the season as well. Not to mention, they've got Connor McDavid and the Art Ross winning Hart finalist Leon Dreisaitl on their team. So that's going to be another thing, and this is one we haven't seen too much of McDavid and Dreisaitl in an intense playoff-like series like this, so that's going to be really, really fun to watch. Then the all-Canadian Flames versus Jets matchup. This is just one of those ones where you look at it, and this is going to be a fun series. Two Canadian markets going head-to-head like this, and they, they both are mean, scrappy teams. There's players on this that aren't afraid to get dirty. I know that the Jets for sure would love to have Dustin Bufflin for this series. Unfortunately, they don't, but they still come in, you know, playing well. Connor Hellebuck is a Vesna finalist, so they, they've got that back there, and they've got a really, really potent offense. So it's going to be interesting to watch this, this intense Canadian rivalry heat up, and I think this is going to be a really, really mean series, and that makes for really entertaining hockey. Then we've got the Wild versus Canucks. And I know, listen, I talked crap about the Wild all season, and for some reason they kept beating the Stars every time I talked crap. But this just seems like a boring series to me. Uh, I don't think the Wild really have a good enough team. And this is, again, I don't think the Wild are we're going to make it in a regular season. So it'll be interesting to see a series, but I think the Canucks outpace them in talent a little bit, just in every facet of the game except maybe defense, but even then, it, it, they're pretty similar teams, and they play pretty boring hockey, other than, you know, you've got your Elias Pettersson and stuff like that. Um, but I think I think Vancouver is going to take this one pretty easily, and this one I definitely won't be staying up to watch if it's the late-night game. That's all I'm going to say. And then you've got the Coyotes and the Predators. Now, this is an interesting one, because I'm not exactly too sure too sure how to feel about this. You've got a Coyotes team that was starting to fall apart at the end, but they had when they were they were unbelievably injury ridden. So now they might have they're coming back with a lot more of their guys healthy. You've got Darcy Kemper who when was healthy and Antiranto when was healthy was amazing and they had acquired Taylor Hall at the beginning of the season. So 
really who knows about this Arizona team. And then you have a Predators team that seem to be underachieving as well, but they still have Pecorine, who could potentially, in a small series like this, steal three points or three wins for the Predators. And they've got really strong offensive and defensive pieces. If they can play as a team, they really potentially have the, the ability to do some damage here in these play-ins and into the playoffs. Um, if I'm going to give you guys some predictions real quick, just so I can keep moving on, because we are going to get to the Dallas Stars stuff, I promise. Um, if I'm going to give you some predictions, I think that the Blues will finish atop with the first seed. Um, I'm going to be a homer here, and I'm going to say the Dallas Stars finish second underneath the Blues. Then I'll say the Golden Knights, and unfortunately, I'm saying the Avs are going to finish below the Golden Knights. I actually think the Golden Knights take out that third spot just because I think their goaltending is just superior to a lot of teams right now. Um, when it's coming to the East, though, I'm going to say the Boston Bruins are going to finish with that first seed, followed by the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and then in the fourth seed, the Philadelphia Flyers. And then my predictions for the round, the uh, three-game best-of-five series, uh, I'm going to say the Oilers are going to beat the Hawks. I think that the Hawks just don't have the goaltending to you know, stand up to the firepower of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I think the Flames are going to beat the Jets. I think the Jets have just a better overall team. Connor Hellebuck is just an absolute beast, and he could shut down the Flames single-handedly. With the Wild and Canucks, I mean, you heard me rip on that series pretty hard, but I think the Canucks take it. I think they just have better pedigree and offense, better goaltending. I think the Canucks will take it pretty easily from the Wild. And then when it comes to the Coyotes and Predators, like I said, this is a tough, tough series to judge. But if I'm looking at it, I think I'm going to say the Coyotes. I think they just, um, now that they're all healthy, we could see what they could have been. And that's kind of dangerous for the Predators. And I, the Predators seem just to me, when I've watched them play a little bit, there's just there seems to be a confidence thing. And I think that that might carry over into this. But who knows? This is really a toss-up. So don't hold me to any of these predictions. Uh, when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens, Pittsburgh Penguins, I think Sidney Crosby takes this. I mean, how do you bet against Crosby after all these years? He's proved time and time again he's... He's one of the best, if not the best player in the world still. So I'm taking the Pittsburgh Penguins over the Canadians. Rangers, Hurricanes, I think the Hurricanes will take it. I think they've got a better offense. Um, I, I think Panarin's amazing, but I, I think just overall team-wise, they've got a better team. Panthers, Islanders, I think the Islanders are going to take it. They've got a deeper team. They play a super structured style of hockey. And I, the Panthers had some problems keeping out of the net. And it just depends on what version of Bobrovsky will the Panthers get in this series as well. And then when it comes to Leafs jackets, um, this is going to hurt people. But I think I have to say the Leafs. I think the Leafs just have, you know, that superior skill up front. And I don't think the jackets are going to be able to stem the tide of the Leafs. But now that we are talking about the rest of the NHL, I want to now convert over to what does this mean for the Dallas Stars? Uh, I want to talk about the Stars' perspective going in. Uh, we are having, we are in the middle of their training camp right now. They've named 35 men to the training camp right now. So I just want to go over who they named to training camp, maybe some potential rosters and uh, what I expect and hope to see from them in this upcoming play-in. 
But before I get to that, you guys know how I am always talking about how we have so many other amazing shows here at the Hockey Podcast Network. We are doing some showcasing right now. So this week's showcase, we are showcasing the Vancouver Canucks podcast, the Stick in Rink podcast. You guys should go and follow them on Twitter. And I'm even going to put in a little sample from their episode just so you can see what they are all about. I hope you guys enjoy. That's it. Yeah, like the, fir- the phrase pigeon toss, like I find that hilarious. <laughs> like as if you were to toss a pigeon. What like, the fuck is a pigeon toss? No, like you just pigeon toss a guy out of the way. Like, Daniel. Touch it, go, he scores! Don't forget to catch Stick in Rink, the healthiest podcast in the Vancouver area. Every Monday on the Stick in Rink podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts from, or on the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. You know how fucked I am in the head? When you said pigeon toss, the first thing I thought of was midget toss. We're back. And now on to what to expect from our Dallas Stars in this upcoming play-in and tournament that we have coming up. Like I said, the Stars named 35 players to their training camp roster. That is 19 forwards, 11 defensemen, and 5 goalies. I'm just going to list them off super quick, so uh, just follow along at home. You've got Nick Camano, Andrew Cogliano, Blake Como, Ty Delandria. Jason Dickinson, Justin Dowling, Radic Foxa, Rhett Gardner, Dennis Gurionov, Rupe Hintz, Matthias Yanmark, Yoel Curviranta, Yoel Lesperance, Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, Alex Radulov, Jason Robertson, Tyler Sagan, and Jamie Benn. On the defensive side of things, we have Gavin Bayreuther, Taylor Fadoon, Joel Hanley, Thomas Harley, Diller Hetherington, Miro Heiskanen, Stephen Johns, Johns Klingberg, Esselindel, Jamie Alexiak, and Andre Sekera. And then the five goalies, we have Ben Bishop, Landon Bow, Anton Hudobin, Jake Ottinger, and Colton Point. As you guys can tell, there are a few different names that we didn't see in the Stars' previous training camp at the beginning of the season. Um, you see some younger guys. You see Gavin Bayreuther and Dylan Hetherington coming in on the de- defensive side. Haven't seen much of them so far. And then you've got some of our younger, higher-picked prospects like Ty Delandria in there as well. So I'm excited to see maybe him sticking around. But for the most part, it's pretty similar for what we're used to here as Dallas Stars fans and what we saw at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season training camp for the Stars as well. Now, the Stars do have to cut this down to 16 forwards, 10 defensemen, and 3 goalies. Now, I've been thinking about the way our lineup should look, and I'm looking at this. My first line, I've got Gurionov, Hintz, and Sagan. And so now this is what they have on daily faceoff, and I'm looking at that, and just from the way we've been playing, I I don't hate it. I I kind of like having those two speedy boys up there with Tyler Sagan. I think that could uh, really really make things interesting for opposition. Not to mention Tyler Sagan just has that elite skill that allows him to play with anyone. 
Then on the second line, I've got Joe Pavelski, Jamie Benn, and Alexander Radulov. This is obviously more of a veteran line. We're, we're used to this. We know what we're going to expect from this, but there's a little bit lack of foot speed. So I'm actually penciling Jamie Benn in here with the question mark. Because then we look at our third line, we've got Dickinson, Yanmark, and Perry. So this is a pretty good third line. And I think if that top, that second pairing uh, with Ben, Pavelski, and Radulov maybe starts to get beat speed-wise, we can flip Ben. And now we have just an absolutely nasty, just like really dirty you know, gritty third line that can put in goals. Corey Perry can score. We know Jamie Benn can score, but they also play a really physical grind style of hockey that could weigh down the opposition and really cause some issues to have that sort of weird utility third line that you're starting to not see as much. And then your fourth line, you've got Roddick Foxa, Andrew Cogliano, and Blake Como are pretty stereotypical fourth line. They are going to get in there, they're going to produce energy, and they're going to grind, and we're used to it. Our defense, there's a lot less questions here. Your top line is obvious, Essel and Dell with John Klingberg. You've got Alexiak with Heiskanen. And then on your third pairing, I've got Sekera and Johns in because I refuse to put Roman Polak in this lineup. The less games Roman Polak plays, the better we are as a team. So then that brings us to, you know, obviously who is cut. I, I should say, though, we have Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin in net. That seems pretty obvious. Right now, obviously, we are carrying a lot more defense as spares throughout the regular season. So we've got Taylor Fadoon and Roman Polak. I could see potentially Fadoon pushing out Andre Secker and playing with Johns, but that just really depends on camp. Obviously, Polak is out. I just yelled about him. Um, you've got Justin Dowling, I think, because we were, we were carrying him for, as a spare for a while. I think he makes an obvious sense to be on the bench. And then our third goalie, I gave it to Ottinger. Um, he was called up for a little bit of a stint when Bishop was injured, so I think they obviously will go to him as well. And then I think this is just a chance to bring in some of our younger guys and give them you know, potentially the opportunity to play and uh, or just get a look at how things are so you've got Jason Robertson Nick Camano Yoel Kirby Ranta you got Harley and Hanley on the defense they're sitting out um, like I said that bottom pairing is an interesting question but again just keep Polak out of the lineup and then, you know, some people might be upset with me by putting, you know, Gurionov and Hints on that first line. Are they ready for that? Are they ready to take on first lines? And I'm like, you know what, that's why Tyler Sagan's on that line. And if things really start to go bad, we can always go back to that same well we've been at and reunite Sagan, Ben, Radulov. I think that's the sort of the beauty with this team right now is nothing was clicking well enough other than Hints and Gurionov to keep it together. So we have the ability to experiment with our lineup. And I think a lot of our pieces sort of fit well in different ways, like I was talking about with the Ben and Yanmark flipping up and down between the third and second line, depending on what type of style of play you're looking for or what you need to counter from the other team. But I am curious to see what you guys think the starting lineup should be. Uh, if you guys disagree with me or maybe have some tweaks to my lineup, uh, feel free to tweet at me. That's at Cleanscape Pod here on Twitter. Uh, you know, Feel free to yell at me. Curse me out. I'm, I'm more than well happy to get into an argument on Twitter about what you think this lineup should be, especially, you know, as Dallas Stars fans. We love our Dallas Stars, so we want our team to be as best as I can. So if, if you guys have something different or maybe some other interesting lime compo combos, feel free to tweet at me. Again, that's at CleanSkatePod. 
Um, some notes here before I wrap things up for our first episode back. The Stars are going to be playing a bit of a preseason, I do that in quotations, a preseason games versus the Nashville Predators. That's going to be on July 30th. Um, this is technically a home game for the Stars, but again, this is also going to be played in Edmonton. So keep an eye out for that, you know, little friendly match, little scrimmage. Just to, just to whet our appetite before hockey starts on the first. And like I said, we are going back to one episode a week. We've got regular content coming out, so be sure to check Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts, because that is where it will be on Mondays now. So don't worry, your NHL fix is coming back. Everything's starting to get back in swing. And man, it, it feels so good to, to be back. And again, if you guys want to also look at this week's uh, spotlight at the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, that is at Stick and Rink Podcast on Twitter. And I will talk to you cowpokes in the next one.